This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Good morning and uh, welcome on this 11th day of October in the year of our Lord 2023. Welcome to Paratalk on the Crusade Channel, talk radio the way it should be. Now you may be wondering, who is this voice? Now you may be asking that if you haven't listened to the show before. My name is Alberto, at Flatcath on Twitter. I am subbing in for Mike this morning because he is running a little bit late, but he will be joining his own show for the second segment. But it is my load to carry out a, a very important task this morning on Paratalk on the Crusade Channel, talk radio the way it should be. This morning. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, really not sure how, how I feel about uh, being uh, undertaking this huge responsibility of uh, bringing to you live a very important, groundbreaking interview this morning on the 11th day of October. It is my uh, pleasure this morning to welcome to Paratalk again on the Crusade Channel Talk Radio the way that it should be. One of the most groundbreaking interviews in the history of this show, Ms. Chrissy Niles. How are you doing this morning? Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited for my 15 minute of fame. Finally, I have arrived. You have invited me onto the Crusade channel, a channel I have a long time looked at it with envy in my eye. My squinty eye, very, very green with envy. I like to be on the Crusade channel. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being in here. And as I said, this is a no script interview. We, I, I do not even have a list of questions that I'm asking. Miss Niles has not been provided a list of questions. It's so. Miss Miss Niles. I am single. I had no, I have no husband. I told my husband I have no love in a long time no more. So I, it's Miss Niles. Thank you. Understood. And, and if we have time, we'll be getting into that topic this morning. So we'll begin our interview here. Uh, I will. The way that this interview will work is that. I'll, I'll open up with a question and then we'll take it from there. It's a no script interview on Paratalk this morning. And uh, so anyway, my first question is, as you know, the host, Mike Parrot of this show has not been very friendly to you. He's a liar. Nothing he say is true. Everything I say is true. I only say the truth. Everything I say is true. I say it under oath. I say the truth under oath. For example, I say that he's so poor that we stopped suing him when I was under oath. And then I also say he's so rich, he had big bathroom, he had big houses, lived in big houses before. He's so rich and he's so poor at the same time because I say the truth, he's a liar. Now, the, one of the many reasons why this interview is so groundbreaking this morning and the timing of this interview is because we had Palestine attack Israel this past weekend. Now, Mike has uh, talked to to a lot of us about some some sort of involvement that you had with the Marine Corps. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I made sure that the Marine Corps know Mike Parrott not gay enough to serve in the Marine Corps. I infiltrate his chat room with Trap Patrick, who's a bad guy, really bad guy. Trap Patrick, the worst guy in the world. 
he said the same thing that Milo say, but Milo good guy, because at the time that all this happened, Milo worked for me. I hire Milo. I like Milo. I love the sodomite. I hang out with the former sodomite all the time. Gary the fairy sodomite. Milo the sodomite. Uh, Scambria the sodomite on Twitter. I always defend him, even though he apostatized. So, uh, but Mike Parrott hang out with really bad guy, Trap Patrick. Trap Patrick, very racist. He said all these things that only Milo can say because he's funny. He's a comedian. But Mike Parrott say all these things. Now, actually, I never have screenshot or proof that Mike Parrott actually say these things. But other people in the group that Mike Parrott with say these things. So I send them to the Marine Corps. I start official investigation. I say, Marine Corps, he do not like the gay. He do not like the rainbow. He do not like the anus. And so you, you cannot have him in uniform. And I testify under oath that he cannot wear the uniform anymore because he doesn't he does not like the end he does not like the rear end he liked the front end but not the rear end and in 2022 when I testified the rear end is the new hotness and you have to like the rear end and so I go under oath and I say Mike Parrott is a bad guy because he does not like the rear end and I think that he come to his end of his career because of what I did and now he cannot fight for the for the Jews who need our help so much because they're God chosen people you you seem very passionate about this topic now if if you're barely joining us because you just woke up and and it's a rough morning and you are barely getting to your king dude's coffee uh, you you may not know what we're up to this morning mike is running a little bit late he will be joining us for the second segment we I are buy, here i like to buy all my coffee on the founder trading poll, I go to shop.mikechurch.com. I go to the founder trading poll to get my gourmet coffee because I know buy my coffee at the local supermarket. I know buy my coffee from Starbucks. I call it Starbucks. It's 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 always burned. Even though Starbucks like the gay and I like the gay too, but I go to shop.mikechurch.com. Founder trading poll. Now, in in this whole saga of the of the Marine Corps and everything going on in Israel and sodomy and your associates and so on and so forth, is is there anything that you have to tell the audience? Anything else that you have not spoken about so far about uh, why it is important to support uh, L- the LGBTQ agenda? The LGBTQ agenda, the James Martin agenda, is what helped keep church militant going. If we don't have James Martin tweet and we cannot pick apart James Martin tweet, we have whole staff meeting about James Martin tweet. James Martin sent tweet and Michael, Gary Ferry, Michael Voice, he called a staff meeting. We all analyze the tweet, pick it apart. Michael Voice liked to look at it from the forward and the backward. He especially liked the backward. He looked at the tweet backwards and forward and especially bend it over. And he looked at the tweet from, the, from Jimmy Martin and we realize this is what keep us afloat. We have to react to Jimmy Martin all the time so that the people know that somebody care about them, about their faith. And so without the gay agenda to oppose, we don't have any news no more. You see, I, I say on the Twitter, I say on the Twitter, if there's no pedophile in the church, then we go out of business. 
And so we need to have the pedophile in the church. They need to touch the little boy. They need to, they need to do all the thing with the little boy so that we can have a job. You see, cause I left my husband. I told him, I know, I know love you a long time no more. And I, I fled across the country and I'm, and I tried to marry Michael Ball. I did not know that he liked it from the backside, but that's okay because in 2023, I don't like it from the, from the front side no more either, which is why I testify under oath that Mike Parrott cannot wear the uniform because the backside in the new front side you understand that now the now according to dr e michael jones in the mind the the, the mind behind mind behind the mask i think i'm getting the title wrong but you probably do know the title because you did not sue him after he published uh, this book no uh, we, we 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 never sue e michael jones because everything he said in the book is true And see, you cannot sue someone if what they say is true. And so that's how defamation law works. You see, I have a spy license, law license. And everything that Michael Voss tell me, Gary DeFerry, everything he tell me is privileged information. Because I am of counsel, but I am not practicing lawyer. You see how that works? So it's, it, we, we sort of have it both ways. I pretend to be general counsel of church militant in Fundell. And I tell people I'm general counsel, especially when I don't want to pay $5,000 bill. So I send threatening email and I say, I'm the general counsel. We're not going to pay the bill. And if you keep asking for the bill, then I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue everybody that I don't like no more. I'm going to use the 501c3 money to sue people that I don't like no more, especially my husband who I don't love no more. I don't love him long time. And so I get FSSP to annul my marriage because uh, my marriage will perfectly valid, lots of children, lots of love, but I don't love him no more, you see, because I fell in love with my Michael Voss online, I stalk him, I steal his phone number from a radio station I used to work at, and then I call him incessantly, and then finally he gave me pity job, and when he gave me pity job, it's sort of like when I work my way up in the in the dry cleaner, and I went from dry cleaner to law school, and I know how to work hard in the hot, hot, hot sun because I'm from Saigon, my name is Saigon Karen, also Winebox Now, and so when Michael Voss hired me, I work really hard, and so I know how to work really hard and I have my law license and when he tell me privileged information except for in my federal case with that with that homosexual uh, father Lafayre, uh, uh, uh in, in New Hampshire but we're gonna shoot him in New Hampshire and we're gonna win in New Hampshire we're gonna win that case now some people say that the organization that you work for is under fire is uh, bleeding cash on the court uh, expenses and attorney fees Sometimes you have to sue people to get money. You see what I'm saying? But, Because but, but, when people but, but, talk badly about you, you have a right to defend yourself. So when I blackmail Mike Parrott, he had no right to tell people that I blackmail him. And so when he exposed my blackmail, then I sue him to shut him up. The problem with Mike Parrott is he just would not shut up. No matter how much money I spent, I spent $1 million dollars trying to shut him up and I lose. I never shut him up and he still won't shut up. That's why I come on his program while he is sleeping in. You see, I sneaky Asian like that. What, what, what are some of the, the more evil things that Mike did? You know, because uh, Mr. Gary said when uh, prompted and, and when uh, under pressure, he said that everything about evil that that michael parrott did he they had published about so can you tell us a little bit about the more evil things that that he did we we published all the things about mike parrott he number one news on churchmilitant.com it's a big uh, it's an outright news it's a news website you go to churchmilitant.com you get the real truth 
because we don't spend anything on churchmilitant.com. We survive on click bait. We like to click bait. We like the video. We love, we love uh, Teddy McCarrick. McCarrick was the best thing to ever happen to us. We're looking for the new McCarrick. Uh, the other day, we have a big staff meeting. And Gary DeFerry, big fat Michael Voice packet. He he get everyone together in the in the newsroom, and he'd like to relive his day when he worked in Real News. Now, when he worked at Real News, he never had anything of consequence. He'd tell us that he went all these Grammy Awards. He had me go out and make all these fake Grammy Awards. And we put them on the wall because Mike Perry, bad guy, one of the bad things Mike Perry do is he asked about our Grammy Awards and we could not provide any proof. So we made up fake awards and we sent pictures to the court. Now, it's very important. You cannot lie to the court. So you got to send real pictures of the fake awards to the court so that you do not lie to the court. You understand? That's one of the bad things Mike Perry did. That's why we kept him at number one news source. Number one U.S. news. You know... One of the things, when we fight my parrot in the court, Roe Ro v. Wade overturned, and other baby no longer killed in, in America. But that was not the number one U.S. news story. Number one U.S. news story on churchmilitant.com was, we don't like my parrot no more. Sort of like how I don't love my husband a long time no more. When you turn your back on somebody, you have to make sure that you burn a bridge. At all time. And Mike Parrott burned a bridge with us, so we burned a bridge with him. Understand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for your passion. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to Paratalk on the Crusade Channel. Talk greater the way it should be. Mike is running a few minutes late, so this is Alberto filling in for him for this first segment here with uh, Miss, not Mrs., Miss Chrissy, who is uh, really telling us a lot about uh, a, lo a lot of evil that the host of this show has done through the years. Now, one question that, that I that I want to get to, one of the many questions I want to get to is when you first were looking to get hired by Gary, did you know, uh, as per the man behind the mask, Dr. E. Michael Jones's book, did you know or were you aware that he had been in a same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage? No, I had no idea about that. I fell in love with him over long-term, long-distance relationship. I was top commenter in the com box. He knew I top fan all the time. He would release a video out of time, and I would be there out of time, top com box chatter. I follow him, fell in love from, from all the way in Indiana. I follow him. I leave husband. I leave children. I follow him because he very attractive to me. I got FSSP to annul my marriage, and I follow him. Now I know I know learn that he like it up the rear end no more until uh, 2014. By that time, I had worked for him for many years. Uh, always call his work wife, never his real wife. Emotional support to him. Living in his fake world where he liked to reenact and play dress up like a reporter. He called me a reporter too. I never, never, never was a reporter. Never studied journalism, but I, I'm a quick study. Like I said, I went from cleaning hot clothes in the in the dry cleaner to go to law school. Don't have a law degree. Never taught. Never taught anything. Never prosecuted a case. Never tried a case. Never had a client. Never built a single hour. In law school, out of law school, but I a lawyer with expired license. So I learned how to be an investigative journalist and 
look up all the sex crimes in the Catholic Church. Oh, all the gay, all the rainbow, all the lavender, all the pervert in the church. Meanwhile, it never occurred to me that uh, in the corner office in Ferndale is a gay lavender pervert. Never thought it could be, never thought to look around in Ferndale or maybe even at the Australian guy. I forget his name. He got the big head. Then the big head guy, he liked to write about fairies and the gay fairies. Simon Raff, he run the numbers for Michael Voris. He very loyal. Michael Voris demote him when he find out about the pervert stuff and then he promote him later on when no one looking so that's how i know that i fall in love with michael voice because he know how to run organizations successfully through dark time and i went through dark time when i was young the communists tried to come and i ran away because i'm a communist and i pretend to be not a communist. I was a boat people. Seven fleet picked me up in the middle of the ocean. They dropped me off in Indiana. And now I am a fag hag. Certifiable fag hag. And that is the highest calling of a woman like me. And my children have no father, but they have surrogate father named Michael Voice, 65 years old. No children, no progeny, nothing to leave behind except Church militant, the apostolate, the holy apostolate, which is going to save the church through the faggery. Now, what what do you think that the future looks like for the the organization? Sixty five, the founder and CEO, president, grifter in chief, is sixty five years old. Where where do you think the organization goes from here? We are in an uncertain time right now. First of all, we run out of cash, like you say. We sued too many people at once. We lost a lot of money. Mike Parrott did grave damage to our organization. He exposed us. We hate that Latin mass, and he know that, and now all oh, you know that. Secondly, Mike Voice not do a good job of managing his HIV. The HIV is really not good for him. He had, he had uh, the legion on the face, the pox on the face, collapse on the cheek and the makeup artist at church militant no longer can afford the makeup artist so now we don't do a lot of podcasts with mike voice anymore because we can't cover up the the pox on the on the cheek no more and so what we do now is i make i try to make really positive podcasts i get 300 views 400 views on youtube and that is not that is Right now, the only thing paying the bill and lots of bill pile up. So what I do is I, I, I threaten to sue people when they ask for the bill to be paid. And right now, that seems to be working for right now. But I don't know what the future holds for church militant. Not good. We just laid off 35% of our workforce and more people day by day. We learned a lesson not to do mass layoff no more. And so we laid them off one at a time, two at a time, so nobody notices that we're shrinking. We rent out the studio. We have this big studio, multi-million dollar building, can't use it no more. So we rent it out to thugs who make rap videos and they pay us to make the rap videos. Sometimes they blaspheme about the Blessed Mother and God, but that's okay because anything for the grift to keep the lights on on the holy apostolate which is going to save the church through the back door so that, that's a very interesting thing that you bring up because a lot of people have been very concerned about hey is this organization renting out their multi-million studio for which i not myself personally but 
for which your supporters donated to, is that now being used for blasphemy, for sodomy, for crime, uh, music? And uh, is that really something that, that you believe goes along with the values of, the, of Catholicism? We always believe that the end justify the mean. For example, we know like Mike Parrott, so we sue him and we blackmail him and we hack his computer, we dox him, we tell people where he live, we dox his last name, brag about that, we go to his investor, we go to his his friends, his business partners, we blackmail them too. We tell them if they don't fire him, we, we go and send them subpoena. We use the power of the court to obtain all his text message, his email address, his military records. We find out he no tell no lie. So we have to make up stories about him because we don't like him no more. Now, now, so the end uh, justify uh, the means in what we do is what I'm saying. So if you go to someone and, and you say, unless you fire this person... We are going to to put out to the media what we personally believe to be to be uh, to be really not uh, in accordance with uh, public taste. Would you say that doing that, going to somebody and saying, "Hey, unless you no longer are associated with this person, we will do so," is that in any way uh, some sort of extortion? Is that a doxing? Is that is that is, is that anything related to to any Christian behavior? Well, it turns out. Uh As I found out, I never learned this in my law school, my online law school class. Uh, it turns out I never went to practice the law, never filed a suit, never never sue anybody, never have a client, never bill out a single hour. And so there's this draconian law in American law. It's called tortious interference with business relationships. And we violated that one. We're very scared about that one. So when Mike Parrott countersued us and he have strong case, we settle pretty fast. Uh, because you're right, Alberto, we're not supposed to do that no more. And we try to stop doing that. But although we sometimes we do that with people that we don't think have money. We did not think that Mike Parrott had any money, but he spent a lot of money coming after us. He probably got a 10 to 1 ratio on us spending money versus him spending money which is sort of like uh, how the Jews fight in Palestine. The Jews are going to kill 10 to 1, and we support that because the Jew is the God's chosen people. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting point that you, that you bring out because we hear in the media, oh, Israel is going to destroy uh, such and such. Now, do, as one of, one of our last questions here, before we have to go to the break here on a Parrot Talk on the Crusade Channel, talk greater the way that it should be. Before we go on break, one of one of one of the final questions, very important question in these times. Do you think that the American people, no matter their religion, have a duty to support Israel, given that they support the LGBTQ, the trans, the vaccine agenda? Do you think the American people have a, a duty to support Israel? On the day that Mike Parrott came to. Michigan for his deposition. We wanted to depose his wife, but you know, he his wife homeschool, she have new baby, so we wanted to depose wife because we want to harass Mike Parrott. 
Uh, we want to bring her to Church Military Studio. We want to use 4K camera to interview her so we can dox and humiliate her and intimidate her and see if maybe she tell us something about Mike Parrott that we cannot find out from the 10,000 pages of documents he provided to us. On the day Mike Parrott came to studio, I wear a mask. Mike Voice, well, he, he wear the mask. You see, in, 20, in 2022, we still afraid of COVID. So I have no problem with the vaccine agenda. I have no problem with, with the COVID. The COVID are very scary. You know, we, ate, we oriental with the, with the Cinti eye. We love to wear the mask anytime we have the sniffles anyway. So I wear the mask all the time. I sleep with the mask on I, real tight. So uh, my, the, the brain cannot breathe. Uh, my brain is shrinking. Uh, here's the thing about the, about the Jew. The Jew in the Tel Aviv, Highest concentration of LGBT. The Jew is the chosen people of God. So without the LGBT, we cannot have churchmilitant.com. Without the, without the gay, without the lavender, we have no story to run. And so we have to keep the Jew at the top of the mind. You see, we have to we have to support the Jew. And that is why under oath, I testify Mike Parrott cannot wear the uniform because he does not like the back end. He only liked the front end. And so I say he not gay enough to serve in the Marine Corps no more. And I know that he served in the Marine Corps on two wars for the Jew. I know that he fight in Iraq for the Jew. I know he fight in Afghanistan for the Jew. But now he cannot fight directly for the Jew because the Jew really gay, especially Tel Aviv. And he not gay enough. And so my position is Mike Perry cannot serve in the Marine Corps no more because he not gay enough at all. He cannot fight for the Jew if you're not gay because they're God's chosen people, special people. Well, I, I will say I, I, I'm finding a lot of what you're saying extremely questionable. Uh, now, I do thank you for joining us here on set. Are there any words uh, that you would like to direct to the, the audience here before we finish the segment? I thank you so much for the invitation. I look for 15 minutes of fame. Uh, Michael, Boris, and I are separate right now. We no longer friends no more. I make the podcast in my living room. I no see him no more. He, he hide from us with his HIV out of control. And he make the podcast from his living room we rent out the studio we know work together not much no more so i look for someone else to help me i hope maybe the king dude want to hire me to make the podcast for him i have a face for radio after all uh this is what all my friends tell me i don't i don't understand the meaning of the word but i think i have a face for radio follow me on forward boldly i make all the positive podcasts i get dozens of view every day dozens of view every day from my loyal fan i can bring an audience here to the crusade channel would love to join crusadechannel.com slash nasi nile thank you so much well, thank you for joining us here on, on Parrot Talk. I don't think, you know, not, not to break your heart or anything like that. I, I don't think that the that, that you're one for the audience of this channel. But hey, I, I may recommend other uh, other channels. Uh, my, other heart, my, heart was, my heart was broken by Michael Voice in 2014, April, when I found out that he take it out the butt. You, you may find a home in uh, in uh, some other channels that go in, in uh, much more accordance to your ideology, such as NPR. Have you thought about applying to NPR? 
Ching tong chong tong, what the chong? Hang what the chong? Hang what the chong? Chong chong pong, chong chong pong, chong chong pong. Well, there, there we have it. Thank you, Miss Niles. Now we will go on to our break here on Paratalk on the Crusade Channel. Talk about the way it should be. I think Mike is finally going to make his way back on set, and we'll be able to move on with the program. Thank you so much. Thank you, Miss Niles. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. Mike Parrott here, your humble host of Parrot Talk. Here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. Your 10 a.m. Central Standard Time addiction. I am just now getting word, breaking news, that I have been betrayed here in my own studio. It turns out that one of my best friends, Alberto, the most hated man on Twitter, at Flatcath, on the tweeter, had my mortal enemy, Winebox Niles, on the program. I missed the interview. I'm going to have to catch up on it because that's the nature of live news. Uh, Alberto, welcome back to the program. Um, what did you What did you glean from Nazi Niles? What was the most surprising part of her interview with you? Yeah, you you know, uh, we now I do admit we we had her interviewed. I think that was a must have been a surprise to the to the audience and for sure to you, Mike. I I did think uh, as a host of the first segment of the show today that it was important to get her side of the story because it it truly seems to me unbelievable that a so-called Catholic would go on and and uh, truly push the the LGBTQ agenda. So as I'm trying to process that in my mind, I can't believe that she actually admitted it. Uh, I'm I'm not sure where to go from there. I see. Well, I mean, she does tend to hang out with sodomites. I mean, like active sodomites, former sodomites, so-called allegedly former sodomites. I mean, she has. She definitely has her type. I mean, that's what that. I, there's no other way. The fag hag feels safe with the sodomite because she's been hurt by her father. She's been hurt by her husband. She doesn't trust men anymore. She has this psychology of she's a hurt woman. And so she, she enjoys the company of the disordered because they can go shopping together. They can get their nails done together. They can talk about other guys together. And she knows that she is safe. She's not going to be hurt by him anymore. So, I mean, that's the, I met plenty of these women in Los Angeles, California, uh, where I've lived three times. Um, I, it's, it's a very common personality type. It is an injured woman, or at least a woman who fancies herself injured, who then pretends to be a feminist and a strong woman and, and portrays this, this strength. But really, when you break it down, she just has daddy issues. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting point that you, that you bring up because... They will not, they uh, not, not as in uh, our guest, the first segment of the show, but people that fit that uh, profile, women that fit that profile, to be more specific, they go on and uh, blame other men in their lives for certain um, deficiencies that they have or, or, or certain character issues that they have. 
but you're 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 right it, it unfortunately really goes down to having daddy issues and they try to make sure that other young women that other young girls carry on those problems yeah it's a, it's a, it's a self-perpetuating thing uh it reverberates from generation to generation it's a repeating pattern this is why those types of people um the 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 damaged people like uh nazi niles who's intentionally uh, uh, her children are fatherless. She is deprived her children of, of having a father for whatever reason. Um, a non moral reason, of course. Um, I know with, I know with moral certainty that the alleged impediment to her marriage, um, is totally falsified that she left her husband. She, she decided to do that. I know with moral certainty that Gary, the fairy, Who's barren? I'm look. Tucker Carlson took shots, pot shots today on Lindsey Graham, and his primary shot against Lindsey Graham is: Look, you don't value life because you're 70 years old and you're unmarried and you have no children. Lindsey Graham is gay. Michael Voris is gay. They're both the same age, almost. Neither of them have a husband, have a wife. Neither of them have any children. Neither of them have any investment in the future of humanity. And this is why they act the way they do. Um, it's not really a mystery, the psychology of Ferndale and why it's melting down right now. Um, this portion of Parrot Talk is brought to you, of course, by the Epoch Times. Subscribe today. Watch their new docufilm, No Farmers, No Food. You will eat the bugs. Subscribe today through Crusade Channel. For one dollar for your first month by going to crusadechannel.com forward slash epoch e-p-o-c-h um what was your thinking in hosting nazi i mean i know you wanted to get her side of the story and she's very pro-gay she's got she's been under oath being pro-gay everybody knows that there's a whole youtube channel dedicated to her pro-gay activities um that's not really a surprise. What was the second most surprising thing to you in the interview? Because she she talked uh, very extensively. I, I didn't get to one of the topics that I wanted to touch base uh, with her on, which was the Father Othman saga, mm, a church militant. Yeah. That that to me is very interesting because we know that Father Othman has been on the, on the up and up recently before, in my opinion, rightly pointing out that Francis is a fake pope. He's he's been getting attacked a lot. Right now, church militant, and I remember this succinctly. They used to control Father Altman, and if he needed to make a video to respond to a negative allegation, he would go ahead and do so. Uh, so I, I'm I'm uh, that's partially a, a reason that we didn't get to of what happened. What what was it? Is now is Father Altman too straight for Gary the Ferry? Yeah, I mean, clearly um, there there has been a falling out there. Now, what we do know, Alberto, and I'll break this news here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be, we're recapping uh, the interview that you just had in the first segment with uh, Christine Niles of Church Militant. Definitely don't want to miss that interview. The topic you didn't get to, as you uh, alluded to, was the, the, the falling out between church militant and and father altman now the first thing to know is that 
homosexuals are transactional. They dispose of other men very casually because all of their relationships are carnal and casual. So there is a long line, a litany of used and discarded men in the life of Michael Voris, Gary Michael Voris, the alleged former homosexual. Father Altman is one of them. Father Altman was used and discarded. What we do know, and the news I'm going to break to you for the first time ever, is that Father Altman has been a Seti Vicantist for years. And Michael Voris, on the night before the canceled priest symposium that they had, where they had Mike, where they had uh, Father Jim Altman and others, including other Seti Vicantists on the stage, and an active homosexual married to a man that uh, they didn't bother to vet. I guess they were too busy looking into my dirty laundry, look, rummaging through my trash, following me around in the uh, in the Midwest, looking for anything they could possibly say about me, which they ended up finding nothing. Um, they didn't bother to find out that other members... I, I think two members of that six-member panel were faggots. Two members were open Seti Vicantists. One even was on YouTube proclaiming Seti Vicantism. They took them all out to eat at the luxurious restaurant known as Olive Garden the night before the symposium. And Michael Voris and Christine Niles looked at Father Jim Altman and they looked at him in the eyes and said, please, Father Altman, tomorrow, when we are recording, don't talk about Bergoglio. Don't say that he's not the Pope. Don't voice any of your Seti Vicantist opinions because we're propping you up. We're fundraising off of you. There is a financial relationship here that is at stake, at jeopardy. And your opinion about the papacy is inconvenient to our grift. So don't say a word about who is or isn't Pope. That was the deal that Michael Voris and Jim Altman struck the night before Jim Altman was made famous on Church Militant and used as a pawn to grift money into the coffers of Church Militant uh, and alleged 501c3. So Voris and Niles have known Alberto for years that Altman never really believed that Bergoglio was really Pope. So when Altman comes out and says Bergoglio is not Pope, they are now acting surprised. But they don't know that I have eyewitnesses to the Olive Garden dinner, which prove that they've always known this about Altman. Always. That That's one of the problems with uh, the grifters, Mike. I think that they they don't have anything productive. Now, in the Middle Ages, and St. Thomas teachings on, on money. St. Thomas says, that, and with antiquity, uh, set with the, the rest of antiquity, says that money should be based on production. One must be productive. The grifters, on the other hand, don't produce anything of value whatsoever. 
they may have some some skills that may be of some worth like for example maybe they know how to edit video which can have its its place audio etc but in and of itself what they devote their entire lives to is the grift which means yeah. which yeah. means that you are trying to get as many clicks as possible they they're they're, they're masters at transforming raw emotion especially anger and outrage into donations into donations into ad uh, revenue ad spaces and so on and so forth now not that there's anything necessarily wrong with catholic media in and of itself no there's nothing wrong i mean look here we are on the crusade channel and this is live talk radio the way it should be and i'm here to tell you every single month it is a miracle that the crusade channel continues on People think, oh, this is this big operation. It's not. It is run on a shoestring. We do this because we love to do this. We do this because we have a passion for news. We have a passion for the truth. And we have a passion for the Crusade Channel audience. Towards the end of every month, I know that we are in the hole. Sometimes we, clum we climb out of the hole barely. Sometimes we don't. There are months and months where we go in the uh, stretches in the hole and things are looking pretty grim. I've been around the Crusade Channel long enough to know the real truth about that. That being said, we're not trying to grift off of people's emotions here. This isn't clickbait. This isn't um, Decepticon. This isn't, hey, Jim Altman, disguise your real opinions about the papacy so we can grift off of you. No, that's something a faggot Gary the Fairy would do. That's not something that a gentleman, a Catholic gentleman, a Southern gentleman like the King dude would do. And so I, I thank you for drawing the distinction, Alberto, because there is. Catholic media is important. We have to have Catholic media. We have to have Catholic news. We have to have Catholic opinion. We have to have Catholic talk radio. In fact, it needs to be the way it should be. But the clickbait, the grifting, the deceptive editing, the lying, the, uh, 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 the emotional appeals, and especially the harnessing of outrage, the outrage porn that these homos are so good at, that is exhausting and i think you know look most people can only tolerate a, an outfit like ferndale for one to two years maximum and then they just get emotionally burned out you you experience um adrenaline fatigue and outrage fatigue you get to this point where you're just like i i can't be angry again about mccarrick you've got to move on you have to move on to something that's relevant to my life McCarrick is a curmudgeon uh, old man who's going to die fighting his legal battles and be judged by God, okay? He's not powerful anymore. He has no sway over the church. He's not choosing bishops. He's been defrocked. Move on, Michael Voris. Find something else to talk about. But he can't because he, he is a man stuck in the past. He likes to relive the glory days uh, when he was a faggot running around New York sodomizing anybody who would sodomize him back uh pretending to be a journalist and so he's trying to relive those days except with a catholic bent to it but the ends still justify the means and he still discards people 
the same way that a homosexual casually discards other men. Yeah, at, at end of the day, there's there's nothing that you're <clears throat> pardon that you're that you're coming home to really, other than than what what well, the he's, next he's got uh, a dog. <laughs> I think he named his dog some boomer name too, like Justice. Yeah, let's not get into the dog topic right now. (laughs) Dog people are are their own topic, and maybe we can talk about that the next time that you commandeer the parrot talk microphone. You you can sodomize children and be okay. You can be two faggots walking around the public space with a child. No big deal. But if you punish a dog... You're going to get the cops called on you. If you train a dog, if you use a shot collar to train a dog, the faggots who rape their own adopted son will call the police on you. That is true. That is true. The unforgivable sin, the unforgivable sin in American culture is to treat an animal like an animal. Even though you're treating human beings like animals, that's a different story. So the grifter mentality is to sell as much as possible. Again, nothing wrong with that. We all need to make a living. But the grifter mentality is to sell as much as possible without regard for the truth, without regard for the people that you're associated with and, and their well-being and, uh, and putting out the truth to your, to your audience, no matter what the the consequences are because these days we get confused that we confuse a lot the natural virtue of prudence with its elevated form which is a supernatural way of, of viewing prudence which we take the which the christian takes as an example from our, our blessed lord in the gospels which is completely different from what the the hippie version of our Lord parroted out there is. Yeah, I mean, natural prudence is basically fear. Natural prudence is fear of the consequences of things. Natural prudence is is associated with um, compromise, making good deals, winding your way through things, coming out unscathed, avoiding punishment, avoiding pain, Supernatural prudence infused by the Christian virtue, the cardinal virtue of prudence, is a virtue which governs not only the intelligence, which is one of the higher faculties of man, but it has an effect on all the other virtues as well. Prudence governs fortitude. For example, fortitude without prudence turns courage into foolhardiness. The difference between courage, which is a virtue, and foolhardiness, which is a vice, is prudence. Prudence governs temperance. For example, the difference between, let's say, fasting and uh, uh, you know, slow-motion suicide. You, know, you can take fasting to an extreme. You can fast too much. You can become a skeleton. You can become weak. You can deprive your body of nutrients that it actually needs to function. You can starve your brain. That's not that's not penance anymore. That's not temperance anymore. That's foolishness. That's self-abuse. Prudence governs that thing. Justice, which is in the will, choosing the good, choosing to do the good, 
Well, we may we may uh, seek an extreme level of justice. You know, uh, it it may be it may be that a um, mentally disabled person accidentally offends God by by blaspheming or, or or doing something impious in 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 a church, and an extreme level of justice would be to just kill that person, right? Prudence governs that. Prudence realizes that. Hey, you know, this person's not fully culpable. They didn't do the thing. So prudence governs the other three cardinal virtues in a supernatural way, supernatural prudence. But natural prudence, which is what the bishops all have, is a calculation of risk and reward. It's utilitarian. It's pencil neck uh, lawyers and accountants running the chanceries. Natural prudence is we have to lock down because there are sniffles. There are sniffles. Okay? Natural prudence is we can't say that on on our, on our podcast because people aren't going to like it. Supernatural prudence, like what the king dude has, the southern gentleman, is the truth is worth hearing even if we lose some ad revenue. The truth is worth it, and Our Lady will take care of us. That's now, that's in the intellect. Now, he, the king dude, associates himself with people that are actually productive, that are not grifters for a living. And so that way, the points of view that you get on the Crusade Channel are from people that are actually doing something for the world and not, and of course, a big part of being Catholic media, but not people that are dedicated uh, wholeheartedly to the faggoty grifting mm-hmm. uh, which is very narcissistic which is fully homosexual basically even if you even if you're someone that's not living that lifestyle yeah it's it's spiritual it's spiritual homosexuality it's spiritual masturbation exactly uh but but at the end of the day what do we want our children to see and what what's the example that we want to set to our children which is that we are productive members of society which uh the so-called Benedict auction option is not a, an option for, for us because we have to be in the world. That's our blessed Lord. We, we are the salt of the world. And yeah. what and what the grifter does is he takes the salt, which is given to him by, by Almighty God, by, by grace, and rejects that and says, I am going to get rid myself of the, of the, of the flavor of the salt to blend in with the world because I need the ad revenue. Because without that ad revenue, <laughs> yeah, right, I'm we not need the clicks. I'm, exactly, I need the clicks. Can we talk about the Benedict option real quick, Alberto? Let's talk about it. Uh, in our final moments here on the, on uh, on Paratalk, this is on the Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio the way it should be. We're talking with Alberto. We're doing an after action on his renegade interview with Nazi Niles. But now we're going to talk about Rod Rare just for the final couple minutes here where, you know, he wrote this book. It's called The Benedict Option. The thesis of the book is that you have to you have to leave society. You have to go live a semi-monastic lifestyle in the middle of the of the woods, I guess, even as a family. And that is the way that that's that's one of the options. Now, Rod Dreher, who wrote that book, apostatized from the Catholic faith. So I don't know, worth mentioning, you know, not an ad hominem, just a statement of fact that the author of the book, The Benedict Option, is not Catholic anymore. 
Does it have anything to do with the fact that he moved out into the woods? I don't know if he ever did or if he just wrote about it or fantasized about it or whatever, or romanticized about it. Um, but the point is, is that the thesis is flawed because the thesis is Americanist in its heresy. And what I mean by that, or at least enlightenment in its, in its heresy, and, and what I mean by that is that it imagines that man does not live in a society, nor is he a social creature, nor does he need society. And we know that, generally speaking, that it actually is true. Especially the family, the family man. The family is the basic building block of a society, not the individual. That's what the Enlightenment philosophers would tell us. That, that isn't the individual, that the individual builds himself on the bootstrap or whatever. The family is the basic building block of society. But the family cannot exist as a single-cell organism. There's no such thing in society, in, in, in Catholicism, in Christianity, as a single-cell organism. There is only the body of Christ, and the cells form a an organ together, a, a an alliance together. So there's no such thing, Alberto, as uh, at FlatCath on, on Twitter, there's no such thing as taking one family moving him out into the middle of nowhere and calling that a society. It's not a society. In, in some ways, it reflects a society. It's a mini-society. It's the kingship of Christ and all that stuff. But it is not, in and of itself, a self-contained Catholic society. There's nothing Christendom about that. That's absolutely correct. When, when you look at Christendom, you look at uh, a lot of small societies that are bound by the by the monasteries by the monastic life by the church when you look at like for example in mexico now this is not not a lot mexico obviously has so many problems a lot more much many more problems than, than in the united states which is in my opinion one of the reasons why traditionalism is so much more rampant in the united states than it is in latin america but what, one observation that I've made is that in Mexico, in Latin America, it is much more common for homes to be a lot more put together, meaning much closer to each other, meaning that if you leave a piece of trash on your driveway, it, it's going to get to your neighbors. And so there's uh, a feeling that you need to take care of your neighbor, you need to take care of your neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. But here in the, in the United States, it is much more common for houses to have four walls which you do not really see anywhere really outside of of the united states i don't know what you think about that mike yeah i mean well this is what you're describing is is the notion called the common good and now this this is not necessarily a, a oh the big cities or anything like that no if you, you look at spain the tiny towns people people live like that in the all cities the villages. people live like that exactly all the european villages that i have ever seen are connected houses all the villages i have ever seen in any of the countries that I've traveled to, are connected houses. I'm not saying that we need row homes. I'm not saying we need townhomes. But we don't have a sense of the common good. And I attribute a lot of that to land developers in the United States, which I, I think are some of the worst people in the country. Um, the common good is distinct from the, from the collective good, 
And look, I know we have to go. I know that we're over time. We're going to keep going just for a second. The collective good is a communist understanding of property, communal property, no individual rights, no individual property, no ownership, no uh, eighth commandment, et cetera, et cetera. The common good, however, is Christendom. It is the understanding that I am my brother's keeper, that I am responsible for my neighbor, that I am accountable to my culture, that my parish, my boundaries, my community, my local area is an extension of my family, that I have a duty to represent myself in a certain way to that family, and that I represent that community when I uh, am traveling or leave that community. It's an identity. It is a concept of who you are. We not only don't have that in the United States, Alberto, you know this as a foreign national, but we have never had that. We have never, ever had that. Since we've had the concept of manifest destiny and we expand westward and we, uh, every man, woman, and child has 40 acres and a cow, since the advent of the United States of America, the discovery of the new world, and Christopher Columbus, which we celebrated on Monday, since those times, practically speaking, now there have been some aberrations of that. There have been some exceptions. I get it. But for the most part, Alberto, we have not had the concept of the common good in these United States, which is why we have no cultural identity whatsoever. After Vatican II, it even gets disfigured into the common good being sort of like communist thing, even in, even in conservative circles. Mm-hmm. But the conservative grifters say, oh, China's a great example. And, and both of you and I have met, met a certain grifter that says China's a great example of Catholic social teaching. What? Uh, Who says that? Sorav Amari. Does he really? Yeah, he, we did meet him, didn't we? Yeah, we, we did. He, wow. He, he has said that. That. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, that and that'll be a topic for another show. Yeah, I know. We have to go. We we literally we we've gone over time. Listen, my final question to you, Alberto, at Flatcath on Twitter: Do you repent of the grave sin? of stealing my microphone and giving it to Kami Karen. I do not. I stand by that. <laughs> you stand by that. He, he stands by it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if Alberto will ever be back, but I'm grateful that you listened to the show today, and I hope that we can reconvene on Thursday and talk more about the common good versus the collective good. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. God bless you, and thank you for listening. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com.